Hello everyone, this is Songs from a Room, an intimate singer-songwriter showcase where I, Bob Palos, invite very talented artists to the podcast for a one-on-one. We'll learn a little about each artist, what inspires them, what brought them to play the music they play, and the moments that led them to write the songs they wrote. Then finally, to play me a song from a room. Like we walk through it, and then we were pretty much filling out the application in the car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I feel like by the time we got approved, somebody else was applying. You know what I mean? I know that's a, that's the scary bit. Yeah, you it? just gotta you just gotta jump. Like I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. So we are. I guess I'll start making this a podcast now. We're uh, in my apartment in Ridgewood with Arthur Darian, as we were just talking about in between apartments, <laughs> doing <laughs> yeah. the least shuffle. Yep. Yep. Um, but he's. It was able to make some time to do this podcast with me. Yeah. So my wife and I moved in with each other after like three months. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, I mean, six years later, here we are. You know, married almost a year now. But like, yeah, and it it, it really was just like a New York kind of like my apartment fell through, her apartment fell through, and we we're like we moved in with a bunch of people. <laughs> we just yeah. <laughs> did what we had to do. And we found out we worked well and we, we didn't want roommates. We've yeah. been together ever since. <laughs> oh, dude. I mean, that's the, the way I've heard you're supposed to do it is, is you know, uh, get a girlfriend and then move in with the girlfriends and yeah. like get a, like one bedroom or something. That's what New York is really living. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Or find a way to afford, you know, what is it up to now? Three or four grand to lock down? I don't even know what the rent's out there. Oh, it's getting God. It's getting crazy. I mean, the room I was renting was like, 1500 which i could you know i could afford that but like it was also just like a terrible room in a nice neighborhood so that was just for your room yeah it was just for my room so yeah so it was pretty wild but like um i mean i had a good time there and like you know there's stuff to do and yeah i'm just like (laughs) i'm just like i want a room with an honest to goodness window to the outside so so i'm uh yeah so I'm, i'm definitely not gonna yeah, I wouldn't go Bushwick because those railroads get real dark. Oh, the railroad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, the L train is just like, I feel like they have like, you know, planned work stoppages every. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, man. I mean, they have not, no, ever. Trains are always down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay, so yeah, you've, we're going to try to guide this conversation about rent <laughs> and lead it into music okay great how long have you been in new york paying rent oh man um so i moved here december of 2019 so a little under three years wow right before the pandemic huh yep i um i moved here without a job and i got an internship in february of 2020 and yeah i was really low on money and and the pandemic happened and i managed to swing that into something but like you know i uh it was it was pretty wild 2020 was wild i was subletting everywhere and like i i just like literally didn't have the creds to you know um like on like rent a place so oh yeah 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 it's funny when you're like the proudest moment when you don't have a cosigner and you're like wow that was me (laughs) <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> I actually got that one on my own, but so you th- your your credit's looking good. You got a good job. Yeah, I mean my job's kind of unreliable. It's like it's all based around like two clients, and one of them's the vast majority of my base. So like you oh, know yeah. if it falls through, then I'm 
then I'm in a tough spot. Did you move to New York for music or was music in your mind when you came out here or is it just I wanted to see what New York's all about? Uh, a little bit. I came out here with like a suitcase and a backpack and a guitar and now I have uh, a lot of crap that I need to get rid of. <laughs> uh, but like I, yeah, I came out here. I was just like, I don't care. I'll bartend. I'll do whatever. Um, and um, yeah, I decided like, uh, you know, I was I was kind of tired of being like in the same city. Mm -hmm. You know, city, I grew. Sorry, what city was that? Uh, I was in uh, Madison. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You see, Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, I mean, I love it, but it was like I fun. I grew up in Wisconsin, so I was just like, I want to try. Yeah, moving out and yeah. You went to school in Madison. Uh, yeah, I went to school. Um, did not graduate. <laughs> and yeah, so I was, I was on very sketchy terms when I first got here. Uh, yeah. but it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still kicking. So, so you, you know, go. yeah, I, I almost graduated a couple of times, but finally did. Oh, congrats. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. In my thirties. Hey, hey, it's, it's better late than never. Yeah. Right. It's actually is, it was, it was a lot easier. <laughs> oh yeah, you know. when you had like a little bit more money and you could just do, or you know, you could at least yeah get a job down or something. I don't know. I just like you know, I've been bartending in New York forever, so it's like the the, the bulk of the money. You know, you, you find a good spot, you can really you can just like you know work a couple of days for somebody who's trying to pursue anything else, be it school or art. You know, just got sometimes you just got to pick up a bartending shift. Yeah, but I was always just like because when I first got here, I was literally giving my 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 resume to everybody like yeah. i was like i was just like and it was it was super pathetic because i would just like i'd fill out at like 100 applications on indeed then i'd just go around with a stack of papers to all the bars in williamsburg and like yeah. and be like can i be your bar back and they'd be like we'll get back to you <laughs> yeah that's yeah. what you gotta do you know yeah. whatever it takes i landed i think at a spot uh like a just a kind of hole in the wall across the street from Phantom of the Opera when I first moved here. Yeah, <laughs> just like nice. like you said, you know, just handing out paper paper resumes, and uh, you know, it got me through a couple of months. Oh, <laughs> yeah. totally, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, the internship did that for me. It wasn't it wasn't like you can survive forever, money, but it was like I can tightly get by for now. Yeah, like yeah so like i was still like hemorrhaging money a little bit i had like because it was like 15 bucks an hour for 20 hours a week yikes yeah. yeah so like it was so i was down to i think it was down to like 500 dollars at some point and i was like oh like in your in your savings account yeah oh yeah, yeah. so like it was it was bad and then my friend lied to get me into the job with the client that I have now. <laughs> I'm probably not going to air that part for your sake. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, what, what, I mean, I'm, I'm using my artist name. I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, also, yeah, I mean, I'm incredible at the job, which is, yeah, the reason I've stuck around for years is because, like... You did it. Yeah, he you did You jumped it. in and you, yeah. Um, you got the gusto. I got the gusto. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, that was a ride. And then, um, and then, yeah, after, after I had some more like kind of spare money, I like got a practice space in, um, in like a warehouse in East Williamsburg for a couple hundred a month. And, and yeah, just started just kind of going ham on like singer songwriter stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Were, so were you doing that when you were in Madison too or? 
I didn't have a practice space because I didn't have any money while I was in Madison, really, you know. Mostly school. Mostly school, yeah. Um, I tried to play for people. They weren't really having it. And so (laughs) it was just like, you know, it took a while. Um, But, yeah, it was... was, uh, it was definitely when I got here um, that I was like, all right, well, I might as well do it because yeah, like you're you know, in New York, you yeah. might as well do it all, right? Yeah, totally. I'm obsessed with it, you know, and I've always been obsessed with it. I was just like, all right, well, maybe I'll just kind of like make my stuff like internally and like, you know, if my friends want to hear it, they can hear it. But like, I never, I never was like considered like playing out besides. A couple of times, like at open mics, where I was like, I just listened to what I was playing and I didn't really like it, so it was hard for me to like keep going with it. Yeah, yeah, you know that, and it's all a muscle, right? You get out there, that's like where you really get the most work done is in front of people, right? I mean, like you said, you're in Matt, you were in Madison, just playing, playing at the wall mostly, but then you're in New York where everything is moving and happening, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, part of that machine is what makes everybody good and tough <laughs> oh totally i mean i um I, d- I just love how like some people are just like razor sharp like i want to you know i want to play these and i want to get to the full shows which is kind of like where i am where i'm like i want to play like full shows because i felt like i built up the material for it but like yeah. it's also like um it's very uh it's cool to see other people who are like really committed to it because like outside of a few bands and like people in Madison who were my friends, like I didn't really know many people who did it. Yeah, but um, now you're you're in the community, right? Yeah, and it's great. I mean, it's very reassuring. <laughs> you know? I've been accepted. Yeah, I'm a singer songwriter. I found my people. Yeah, they give you a patch. <laughs> yeah, they give, yeah they give me a patch, and um, yeah, the group chat's wild. <laughs> cool. You so you say you're building up your set. Are you like, do you, do you have like a number a week? Are you like trying to like, is there like a song you're working on every week or is there like, how does it, what's your process? What you th- so, I mean, like I, the set list is really building towards an album, but like I have kind of like songs that I kind of like, I've learned to kind of like tear them a little bit mm-hmm. based on what I think people are responding to and like what I like and, and all that. So like, I do have like a set list worth of songs. I've got like, you know maybe like five or six that I think like people actually like to hear. You think are polished and ready. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, um, yeah, it's, it's just a matter of like, okay, well, what's going to, what can I play for 30 minutes and not like bore people, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, and yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's learn about a song now. Do you have one that you're ready to play for us? Yeah. Yeah. So this one's called, um, and I know that this is probably kind of funny because uh, this is going on Spotify, right? Yes. Okay, well, this one's called In the Face Factory of Mr. Eck. I don't get it. Uh, Daniel X, the CEO of Spotify. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess I don't know a lot about Spotify, but I know, I know they don't pay me for this podcast. In the Face Factory of Mr. Eck, who's the Spotify CEO, CEO. and so, like founder. Do you want to, is there like a... Uh, or do you, should we play it first and then you explain it? Or do you have like a... Do I have like an intro to it? I yeah. mean, like, it's, um, it's, I guess you could say it's like, it's about both Daniel Eck and, um, 
Sean Parker, who actually played a big role. Uh, he was on the board of Spotify and like, you know, is, is, is the gist of it is, is essentially, um, you know, it was the CEO of uTorrent and uh, the creator of LimeWire who created what's essentially the dominant music space today. Really? Yeah. That makes sense because it's the emblem looks similar. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is Arthur Darien and in the face factory of Mr. Eck. A rock flew in from the cable line I suppose I was doing what you as a man preached in through his snivel and love About the lack of value in a broken front Still a fat man fell, so we cheered and screamed Grabbing till we're full, grabbing all we need Then the waters fell, half the herds collapsed Mr. Eck was saying he could bring them back It's like very narrative. I like this. I love the story songs. Um, Thanks. A little bit. Uh, what was it? Bob Dylan's Ballad of the Thin Man. Oh, yeah. A little yeah. Ballad of the Thin Man. A little bit of Hotel California. I don't know. <laughs> Hotel California. I, I don't know. Just the story about not being able to leave. At a, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope that wasn't an insult because I like they're both classic songs. Oh, no, no. That was, <laughs> it was good. Yeah. No, but uh, no, that that was great. I mean, I love the story. Uh, you're you're definitely setting a lot of imagery about a factory floor, like he 
So he's like, it's the face factory, right? Yeah. So we're saying, break open that metaphor a little for me. Well, I think it's, the reason I liked it was because I was like, it's really hard, especially nowadays for like, the way that work is perceived, um, something like, you know, a service job or like a, um, or, you know, music or something like that. Yeah. It's not perceived as like, real work and that's one of the attacks against unionizing is like people being like oh well this isn't like you're not building something you're just serving you know yeah and so people kind of find ways to demean it so like the reason i like the face factory is it kind of brings it back to that imagery of like um like a traditional song you know yeah like a traditional blue collar thing um which you know i i view I've used songwriting, you know, for people who take it seriously and people who spend their lives doing it as something that's like worthy of. It's a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work, and you know, it takes a lot of care to do it. And like, so like when p- people attack it and say, "Well, if you really liked it, you would be doing it for free," and that's that's true, but like, you it it denies the reality of the work, and you know, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that that's the the demeaning part about it that's why it's almost like you're pigeonholed you know and doing stuff for free just because you love it so much right uh, when you deserve to get paid well i think i think people don't understand is like it's i love playing i love writing that doesn't mean it's not work you know like yeah. writing these songs takes a ton of time you know and like they're not it's not always fun you know putting yeah. something together um it's something that like you have to always just be constantly thinking about like like you know at any job you know you just have to like have your mind on it so much to to be you know to make it what you want to make it yeah no absolutely the imagery of the metaphor was like all there you know like i i almost you can see what you're singing about i i think that the general kind of gist of 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 songwriters especially those who do it like professionally it's like some of them are, are, you know, working insane hours and not doing it, so or not getting paid what they should be for it. And like yeah. the way, I think the thing that concerns me more um, than necessarily even that is the attitude that Daniel Ek has towards songwriters and the way that he consistently just seems to be acting in ways that show he's never made an album, he's never put something together himself he's 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 really just a guy who you know found a way to kind of exploit labor you know and call it you know a revolution you know that was what sean parker was calling it when he was like overthrowing record companies was like i'm revolutionizing the record industry and it's like how are you doing it by fucking people over well now it's he's so it's like so the record industry would exploit the musician right and now he's giving everybody a platform, but he's exploiting the musician? Yeah. I mean, it's like the platform itself is like, um, you know, it's, it's, it pays lower than any of the equivalent platforms, even though it's the most powerful. Yeah. Spotify. Is that song on Spotify? No, nothing's on Spotify. Okay. Yeah, so I'm at least consistent on that. <laughs> Although I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I give myself free range as a writer to be a total hypocrite. I, okay. I, yeah, I'm like, I'm like more attack ideas and so force would, my own on people. Would you put that on Spotify? 
would I put it on Spotify? I mean, maybe that, like, just as a as as an fu. Yeah, as an fu, like well, that would on, be my one song on there. Well, it's gonna be on Spotify now. Oh yeah, totally. I know <laughs> this is going on Spotify, but yeah, well, that's funny. Uh, yeah. So if somebody wanted to listen to your stuff, though, how, how do they get go? Do you have anything out there? <sighs> I mean, I've got stuff on YouTube and Bandcamp. YouTube um, and Bandcamp, but they're all you know. It's all demo still. I haven't, I haven't recorded. I haven't finished like that sweet sound. Yeah. So like, I gotta. Yeah. So if you want to hear some like, kind of lo-fi recordings of me doing like folk songs, you can go on my Bandcamp. But uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I'll eventually. I'm once I've got a set list, I'll try and make a record again. And yeah. Cool. All right. Uh, what do you have a what What would another song that would be on that set list be? Forgetting man. Forgetting man. Yeah. And is it about humanity? It's no. Uh, it's like um, it's kind of a. I wrote it based on like nowhere man. You know, like John Lennon. Oh, okay. So like forgetting man, and it's kind of like a Ode. thing like that. Yeah. Cool. Let's uh, let's listen to it. Okay. Forgetting man.
once was a building burning down He treaded on the common ground So stories of the ashen cloud And in that shone the setting sun Umbrella drawn out like a gun He points a grin and day is done And turn away half running where he goes But where that is I don't think that he knows Yeah, all right. So that was, and so that song you said it was inspired by uh, Lennon's Nowhere Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the uh, well, I like the format of it. You know, um, just like having a type of person. You know, that's just like you take that kind of quality. Like his, his is like, uh, um, you know, doesn't have a point of view. And, and I thought it was funny. The kind of person like you run into who's just like, and th- and it's me in a lot of ways too. It's just like. They get so wrapped up in like some injustice or something, or feel aggrieved, and you you realize like you can't even talk to them, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. There's like no moving for moving point. Their like obsession with like you know the news silo or whatever uh, makes them kind of lose a bit of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you see that a lot today. I think sometimes. People uh, are too uh, too zoned in, uh, where it's uh, not progressing to anything, just obsessing over the point. Right, and it's not. It's like it's different than like I feel like education. Right, it's an obsession with like rhetoric. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, it's 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 something where it's like, um, um, you know, his. It's it's almost like that in search of a flat earth type thing where it's like you you wait for people to, is even though it's based on very little or something they have like this this sort of world built for it and like you try and talk to them and they don't have a, you know they can't they they don't have like a person outside of it yeah yeah they're unbending yeah so like yeah so that's kind of the story of it is just like someone who's just like sort of forgetting you know like forgetting his his person okay interesting yeah i liked it yeah oh, there's definitely that ominous ominous tone to it <laughs> <laughs> most of my songs are kind of dark I, I i've been trying to work on writing some nice ones for people but like yeah songs yeah. about birds singing but... bird singing exactly <laughs> yeah so yeah i you do put a lot of meaning into your songs that's nice to hear you know and uh you know there's plenty of love songs out there. <laughs> I mean, I I got I got those too, but like yeah. I'm like I think one of the things I'm trying to do as a songwriter is put a lot of like odd like Kafka type things into it where it's like these kind of obscure images, you know. Mm. Okay. Um cuz I th- I think it's interesting. You know, I love that kind of writing, you know, like Yeah. Um you know, I'm I'm going through like Kobo Abe right now and Kobo. like Kobo Abe, um he's kind of like a Japanese Kafka. 
Okay. Uh, so like those kinds of songs that really, or those kinds of like writings, um, you know, that's kind of my, that's my, that's my like uh, North Star in terms of what I'm doing right now is just trying to like implement those kinds of things into uh, songs. Can't wait to see what more you do. All right. Stuff's on YouTube, Bandcamp. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for, for having me on your, on your uh, podcast. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Thanks for doing it. Follow this man on Instagram, Arthur Darien. D-A-R-I-E-N. Uh, well, all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. That was Arthur Darien. Uh, and, uh, you know. Thanks I for listening. This was Songs from a Room. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to Ben Shapiro for providing all the theme music. Any inquiries, just email us at songsfromaroompodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned, dialed up, and downloaded for the next episode. Bye.